Hunter, I'm a real uh, exit to main menu and then exit game kind of guy. I like to follow the rules of closing down a video game, and I wonder what kind of person you are. Do you do you close out of each thing kind of individually and then shut the thing off? My, of course, I am a podcaster, <laughs> so my narcissism has not advanced to the stage where I have noted my choices <laughs> as far as exiting a game. So I, I, that leveled, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you've reached this level where you're like, this, my decision to exit the video game is emblematic of my personality. <laughs> I haven't advanced to that. I'm only 33, you uh -huh, know? Uh -huh, I'm still uh -huh. in many ways a child. Um, so I have not taken note of that. Well, I'm asking you. I'm asking you to take note now. What do you do? What are your habits with these games? Think, think back on the most recent game you've played, and how did you stop playing it? I. How many ways are there to do oh, it? This, okay, let's, the, let's evaluate. Let's, on a PC, <laughs> on a PC, you could Alt F4. Do uh, how many people just sort of like save and Alt F4 or whatever? I or do like, not. I okay. I don't do that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever Alt F4. Yeah. To close anything. That's do you, not do you right that I click do. its menu, th its, its taskbar thing, and close application? No. Okay. So you, I hit, I hit start. I go to tab over to settings and then hit down over to exit to main menu and then it slowly loads and it goes to the main menu and then I go down and I hit exit game and I do it the very, very slow way. Yes, I probably, <laughs> I think I probably do the same thing. You're, I probably click exit uh -huh. in order to exit the game. I, I don't, um, I feel like it's a fear that there's, I think there's this fear I have that there's an extra save I don't know about in a lot of games. You know what I mean? Where it's like saving the game is one thing, but if I don't close this application, probably something might break and it'll ruin my save file if I try to come back to it. I'm, I fear the Alt F4. Are there people, so are there people listening to this that are like being like, oh, I'm an Alt F4 guy. These guys are turd idiots. Like, <laughs> I don't know. These little rule followers clicking exit to main menu and then exit. <laughs> well, what about, uh, what, wait, what, there's another option. What about exit to desktop? Is that if uh, the game offers it? Uh, sometimes, honestly, sometimes no, I'll still go to main menu. Even if it's wow. like, just go straight to desktop. I can think of a couple games where I will go straight to the desktop, but, but a lot of times it's a, it's a main menu for me. Now on consoles, this is a different question, right? Uh, uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big, just like, uh, hit standby and then close application from like the menu or whatever. But I do like to close my games <laughs> as much as possible. So I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. Um, on, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> It's since this, this, yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're in it. Uh, so on your iPhone, Matt, let's ask, let's, let's dig in. Well, I have a Pixel 6, I have an Android Pixel 6, so oh, sorry. already on, we're, I'm caught in the weeds. I'm what are sorry. we going to do? Oh, Listen, I'm so sorry, and I'm trying to respect, you are, you're trying, you're being very open with us right now, and we should respect that. So on your Android phone, I have many apologies. Uh-huh. 
do you leave a bunch of applications open or are you constantly closing applications like as you constantly i would never i would never leave more than four applications open at a time why is that i am obsessed with closing things i also uh my if i open up my email inbox it says zero new emails uh i i must i must stay on top of the notification game if anything things like facebook back in the day were like a nightmare because they started adding things to facebook where it was just like you can't basically ever get rid of these notifications the games want to tell you about themselves all the time or whatever and that was a nightmare scenario for me because i did have to go into each one of those things and still check the like please don't show me this i can't have like a number greater than four looking at me on a on an application so and you've never told a therapist this because i think you (laughs) i I, I, Howdy and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. It's a thing where sometimes we rank games, but for in recent memory, we're just here to chat with you. I'm Matt Martins, and I'm here with Hunter Donaldson. Hi, I'm Hunter Donaldson. Um, we owe you a Kingdom Hearts 2 episode, yeah. um, but Kingdom Hearts 2 is best played uh, slower than we are playing it. Uh-huh. And in the interest of not being really grumpy, right? You know, you don't want us to be grumpy, do you? You want us to have fun, don't you? Yeah. You'll have more fun here's, if we're having fun, won't here's, you? Here's the here's really literally what happened is we Hunter and I are like both at the end of the game, basically. Like right. we we could have yet yesterday buckled down, finished this thing, and recorded Kingdom Hearts today and given it to you, and we both like separate from each other went but this is the good part and i want to yeah. do it i want to do the good part please and and i hope it is good because uh the rest of the game i've been rushing and it's not because i was trying to hit the deadline <laughs> no yeah yeah i god it's gonna be just your little teaser for the kingdom hearts 2 episode is maybe we were a little harsh on kingdom hearts 1 actually <laughs> you know maybe that one maybe we should flip the pages <laughs> back a bit and you know it's it's not so bad that game yeah, actually yeah. you know um, it, i feel like comes there was down to it it's got at least a singular vision to it <laughs> i suppose it is simple and clean in <laughs> fact so there you go like it's it you know there might be something to it yeah. um but yeah anyways you'll get that next week sure um for now we wanted to do an episode um just kind of a what would be a standard episode of a lesser video game a podcast lesser, okay yeah. a lesser one <laughs> where we just sort of talk about things that we've been playing this year yeah. that haven't really like gotten their own episode mm-hmm. um and probably won't i right. think a lot of these things we won't have time to really do specific episodes on them yeah. but just like a fun little update of like what what else have me and matt been playing this year yeah. um so as to not just wait until the it's a big year for games Whenever we do whatever our end of the year episode is going to be, I don't want us to have to spend a lot of time talking about like a million things. So this is like we are offloading some of that work right now, basically. Yeah, little little curios that we want to bring up that just don't have a place anywhere else, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know Uh, what this is going to be a fairly unorganized conversation. I have one place to start, which is just that I... uh, (laughs) Gall darn it. 
my life just never gets to have Chrono Trigger in it. I started mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger. I kind of even sort of like half made Chrono Trigger the next electronic gamers club game over on our Discord, which is just like, hey, if you want to play a game like with us alongside us, we can all kind right. of swap our stories. I started Chrono Trigger. Some other people were like, okay, I'll start Chrono Trigger. And uh, then we got busy with sort of how we decided to redo the rest of this season and in preparation for the next one. And I have not made any more time for Chrono Trigger, which means I got about as far as I always get in Chrono Trigger before stopping. I did get a little bit further this time, uh, but I got about not too much, maybe maybe 30 minutes past where I normally get stopped playing and do not know when I will pick it up again, even though I really, really want to. And I don't know, maybe I'll do uh, extra effort to like play it in the background it was kind of a good nighttime game but now i have a bunch of other reasons for very specific nighttime games and that's why that mm-hmm. got replaced if i had, had a, if it was just kingdom hearts i was worried about right now i would probably still be like plucking away at corona trigger in the background but there's like other stuff i'm plucking away at at nighttime too now so it got messy what uh what do you think about chrono trigger though? i with, like with it and i play. really want to play it that's the big problem is i really like the game a lot i think the combat system of like how your characters are positioned and it changes your moves and all of that business is good and i think the story is fun like i think it's good wacky characters i think it's all the reasons people probably find it one of the most beloved games of all time it's just a really great time to hang out in and i really wish i could see how deep it goes basically yeah so yeah i don't know i need to make time for it i don't know if i've told this story before but um one of our friends uh brian capillis who has done um some music work for yeah. us um uh, not on this show but on on our other show yeah um it is the only game that we, we used to live together in college and chrono trigger is the only game where the music was so good <laughs> that he knocked on my bedroom door in order to be like what is what are you playing like what is what <laughs> is going, going on, on in here, here? And i was like oh i'm playing chrono trigger and he doesn't like he's not really this type of guy at yeah, all right uh japanese rpg no thank you for right. him um but i used to have i had a little a little love seat little couch in my room so that you could watch movies in my room and it was uh, actually it was a kind of a cool setup i wish i still had that <laughs> but uh he, he would just come in and sit down on the couch and just watch me play chrono trigger which is not i mean it's a super nintendo game yeah it's not right. the most visually stimulating game you right. could possibly watch someone play right but the music just carried him through he he was just excited about me getting to the next screen the next area (laughs) so that a new song would play and yeah i mean that yeah the music to that game uh it's it's all time all time great yeah um yeah love chrono trigger cool Uh, i don't know your turn let's go back and forth let's play backs and forth seas what what have you been touching (laughs) so (laughs) i i have been uh my my bedtime game Mm -hmm. you you kind of started with a bedtime game being chrono trigger uh, my bedtime game, uh, which it, it's a, it's a nightmare game, is uh, Alan Wake. <laughs> you love so doing I, this to yourself. This was the story uh-huh. of Silent Hill too. Hunter likes a little nightmare before bed. <laughs> I like a little scary. You know, you're all alone. You know, you're in the dark. You know, I'm just you know I'm just there by myself. You know, just reflecting uh-huh. on the dark emptiness, the the big dark empty. And I say, why not play something spooky? You know, freak yourself out a little bit. You deserve it. You uh-huh. worked you worked hard all day you know <laughs> now it's time to fear um i've been playing alan wake i've been playing it on my steam deck um it is a uh it's a green check mark verified game on the steam deck nice. um, i'm not playing the remaster 
um, because it is still just on Epic Game Store only. Come on, guys, Arf. can we get this off of Epic Game Store? I want to play it on. Want to play it on Steam? I know you can play Epic Game Store games on the, the Steam Deck, but that's too complicated. Me no likey. Yeah. Just put just put it in the thingy. Um, but still, you actually maybe you don't even need the remaster though. I have not missed it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the thing that I love about playing Alan Wake before bed, the reason I thought, oh, this would be a good bedtime game, is it is uh, an episodic story yeah. that is presented like a TV show. So I boot it up. I'm going to play one. Ep There's only six episodes of the game. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to play one episode. And when I get to the end, I can feel confident that tomorrow night, I'm going to be very fresh on wherever I'm at mm -hmm. in the story because it literally does a previously on TV style oh, recap. So good. Which I had forgotten about that aspect of the game. Um, as far as the game itself, I think, so I actually did not like this game very much when it came out mm -hmm. um, originally because... Um, and I think you were kind of on board with this too, Matt, of like, there was a lot of hype around Alan Wake mm -hmm. that was sort of ridiculous. Like, yeah. it was going to be an open world game. It was going to have like, complex like weather systems yeah, and right. stuff like, it was honestly like, it, looking back on it, in a way, it was sort of trying to be Breath of the Wild, like before Breath of the Wild. But like, as a as a mystery game, you sure. just sort of walk around, and yeah, it's supposed to be a lived-in mystery world, or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and when it came out, I felt a little bit like, you know, Remedy has like a very specific style of storytelling that I think can hit a little, uh, I don't know, creaky? Mm -hmm. A little off kilter yeah um in a way that i think at the time when i was in like my early 20s i rejected yeah um because i did not have the palette for weird kind of off-putting stupid stuff that mm -hmm. i now have so mm -hmm. now i i've tasted uh the wine of just kind of stilted weird dialogue you know mm -hmm. um and especially when we replayed uh max Payne. Um, I was very not put off by the <laughs> awkward storytelling of that game. Uh -huh. I'm not saying it was good, but it did not really bother me yeah. that much. Um, so I was kind of thinking like, you know, Alan Wake 2 is coming out later this year. In fact, it's coming out in October wow. and I'm very excited about it. So I'm like, you know, Alan Wake 1, not very long, may as well replay it. This time, I'll tell you what, I love the story of this game. This is, this is a really good Twin Peaks Stephen King yeah, riff. Yeah. And it's got all of the awkwardness you would expect from uh, the tone of something like that. Yeah. But I think it does it quite well. The part I was not sold on the first time around, and I'm still not sold on, is uh, the combat in mm -hmm. the game. Mm -hmm. um, in that there is combat. Right. I kind of... Does, is Alan Wake 2 even going to have combat? Because the vibe I get I'm is kind sure. of no, but it, I, I bet it inevitably will. But yeah, I think it, it, it will. they both look like games to me where that would put me off just based on like, no, I just want to be a mystery detective guy. Like I just, not right. even detective. I know you're just like a writer or whatever, but you are a writer. Yeah, yes. I, I just want to wander around and solve mysteries. That sounds like the perfect game to me. Yeah, it's, it, it's like, it's essentially, it's kind of a played out um, horror premise but it's basically about a writer who has written a book that he is now sort of trapped in mm -hmm. but he also doesn't remember writing it so he's kind of stuck in a nightmare world it yeah. is very much i mean i think it is the 
the Western or the, the, I mean, it's not American, I guess, but the Western Silent Hill. Yeah. It, it, there's literally a town. It's called Bright Falls. It is a weirdo zone on the edge of reality or whatever. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it always comes to, and, and I have not finished the game yet. Um, I have four episodes left, so we are, we are not even, we're about a third of the way through the game. Um, I think that there's so much combat that kind of just plays out mm -hmm. the same way um, that I just wish there were less combat in general. Yeah. You know, Silent Hill uh, does not have very good combat. Right. But the scenarios that it places you in, that's the part that freaks you out. Yeah. Um, a lot of Alan Wake is you being outside and in environments that look quite similar to each other. Mm -hmm. And then there will be a scary man who is a shadow man. <laughs> you shine a flashlight on him. He becomes uh, cor corporeal. And now you shoot him with a gun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just... Also, they, they're thus far, they are kind of insecure about how much... Uh, ammo to give you and that they've given me a lot mm. they've given me perhaps too much yeah. um in order for it so it does not really have any kind of survival horror um feeling to yeah. it yeah so right now i would say i'm pretty on the fence about the the combat and the gameplay i am very much on board uh for the story so thus far i'm very happy with it as a a bedtime game um i just i don't find it to be a um masterpiece yeah but the fact that they're doing a sequel is, I think, very promising because this is a game that really could have used like another pass. I think yeah. the the history of the development of this game was very, very difficult, and I think multiple versions of the game were scrapped. Obviously, we did not get. It is not an open world yeah. video game. It is a very linear, mm -hmm. you know, kind of funneling you through a very particular path uh, kind of video game, which is fine. I'm not throwing shade at that, but. I just think they wanted it to be so many different things. Yeah. And then that did not happen. And then the studio moved on, made some other stuff, made Control, which very much got them back on my radar. I loved that game. That was a very, very fun game that had very good combat, yeah. very good gameplay in Control. Um, and now the fact that they're circling back around to Alan Wake is super exciting to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt, let's talk about what's your next game you want to talk um, about. It, it's awkward for me because there's so many... Uh, honestly, like there's a lot of stuff I don't play basically. I mean, I, I, as we've talked about, my schedule is just completely loaded with the games for this show. Uh, but I did check out, I, I still am a person who desperately appreciates and wants demos for games. I want to mm -hmm. freely just check out a little slice of your game really quick. Uh, so I had a handful of demos that I checked out and I could talk about basically any of them. Um, the, the big one that was like the big question mark for me is everybody I listened to was talking about street fighter six and especially people mm -hmm. I listened to that are like also not fighting game. People were like, no, but it's great and I love it and it's awesome. Uh, and it's like, Oh, it invites you into fighting games. And I checked out the demo for it and that is true. Uh, the biggest thing is, of course, it adds like a new control scheme to Street Fighter where it's like, hey, you don't need to like memorize combos. It's it, it's more Smash Brothers. -y. It's like, no, 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 just like right in and this button will do that kind of move and you can do combos in this way. Right. And that did that was like, oh, OK, I can like play this game better. I don't need to just like have all of this knowledge baked in. But fighting games just aren't it for me. And it's not it's not anybody's fault except for my own. I just cannot uh get hooked into one no matter how hard i try basically uh i was i was playing it against computers 
was not very interested and and then even just imagined myself playing it in a multiplayer scenario and had the feeling I get with 1v1 games, which is like crippling anxiety of Mm -hmm. I it's Hunter has been around me in my days of playing competitive Mm -hmm. Halo and competitive Super Smash Brothers. Don't want to be there. there. Don't like it. Don't like that headspace. Won't be playing it. Won't be touching it. Uh, I, if anything, seeing how like good it is and how much it invites you in is proof to me that I just have to turn that switch off and, and maybe never go, never even go back to it. Like I, I, there are so many games like that I have tried in my life and I just need to get to the point in my life where I go, no, those aren't my games and they, all they do is upset me and none of them will ever win me over because at their very core, they are fast competitive games and that right. that very open-ended genre <laughs> is bad for me and i don't like yeah. it so yeah i i think i convinced myself to step away forever yeah and that and you got that all out of the street fighter 6 demo yeah exactly i played it for an hour maybe and i was like i'm finally done <laughs> the capcom demos work you got to put them out there that way people can realize that they shouldn't so that buy nobody this game will buy the game be bad for that their mean, that's health. what makes me mad though is like it, it is yeah demos are consumer friendly and the worst thing for making money but it's like yeah i know i should have spent 60 bucks to realize i hate this thing i should have just forked over 60 dollars <laughs> to realize i hate this that's fair that's a good consumer no, relationship it's, it's not and it and it is good i i do feel like capcom in general has been really good about demos yeah i played the demo of resident evil 4 remake even though there is no way in on this earth that I was not going to give them full price for the Resident Evil 4 remake on release. Yeah. But I still played the demo. Yep. And then guess what? I had to replay that section because I didn't play it on PS5. I bought it on my PC. Yeah. Played the demo on PS5, bought it on my PC, happily replayed the demo section. Didn't give a hoot. Yeah, would would replay the demo right now so with funny. no issue to me. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, demos work. Uh. In that you know it you you might have bought it. There's no right. way you would have bought it before. Exactly. That that demo may have clicked for you, and then you would have been like, it's time for yeah. me to become a Street Fighter. Right. But you know, it's like fighting games. It it's the thing that that I like them conceptually, and yeah. I love. I mean, I've said this before, but I love when you got a bunch of people that do not know how to play this fighting game yeah. and we are all just going to sort of figure it out and have a day together that is so much fun me yeah. and son uh and a few other people had a day like that with marvel versus capcom yeah. um we were playing uh we weren't even playing marvel versus capcom 2 we couldn't we didn't have that we had um marvel whatever the it wasn't marvel versus capcom 3 but it was like one of the spin-off or not mm. spin-offs one of the ultimate versions of that whatever i don't care about naming conventions for fighting games i think they're too iterative and weird but um we were playing that had a had an amazing time no one knew how to play yeah (laughs) no one really knew what you were actually supposed to do and it was all just the meta was just you learn uh oh so and so just learned a little something about this game by experimenting (laughs) so now we all got to figure out how to deal with that they're overpowered they know how to do a single combo we're doomed They know a combo. And that that is such a beautiful development yeah. for a fighting game. And I think ultimately, like, where they really shine is their party games. Yeah. Treat them as party games. Right. Smash Brothers does such a good job of communicating that fighting games are party games, but yeah. they're all party games. Right. They are all about just hanging out and figuring the game out. I'm sick of this, like, it's all about esports. I know. 
ideology. That is not what fighting games are about. I am amazed that we have not evolved past that. There was that wave like last year of all of these Smash Brothers knockoffs. And they make me so mad because they assume Smash Brothers is uh, beloved because of the perspective and the control scheme. And it's like, no, that's, I mean, that they execute that well, but like that series is beloved because it's a fighting party game. And just, you can make like, I mean, I I know Capcom won't be doing this, but like bring back Power Stone, like bring back other Mm -hmm. party fighting games and I will be all over them. Uh, Another game I demo that's on this conversation. I checked out Giga Bash, which is like the, Mm -hmm. the game nobody asked for. Some random developer made the spiritual successor to War of the Monsters, a game only this podcast oh, has ever wow. talked about. <laughs> uh, okay. And guess what? It was as good as War of the Monsters. So, you know, mm. that's all you need to know there. But it could have been maybe mildly more interesting with, like, me not playing against the computer. I'm playing a demo against computers, and, and those games are especially not fun as a single-player experience. But I could tell, like, being a person who's played plenty of War of the Monsters, I could tell how deep this was going to get mechanically. But, like... There, there needs to be more of that uh, intent, uh, I think, in fighting right. games for sure. I will get down with those kinds of games. Like, I would jump all over a Power Stone 3 for sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, just do the classic thing, Capcom. Re-release them yeah. on modern hardware and uh, see how well that does. Right. And maybe you'll find out that it would be worth it to make yeah. a Power Stone 3. Right. Just, just do it. Just, just repackage them and, and put them out there again so that we can play them. And give us multiplayer servers. Let yep. us play online. Exactly. Let us play with. Let us play whenever we want. You know that type of thing. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, yeah. We had a little fighting game powwow there. Uh, do you want me to take? Uh. Do you want me to throw another game at you? Please do. So, Crusader Kings Three <laughs> is a game that we have already done an episode on. Uh-huh. But Crusader Kings Three don't stop. Okay. And. <laughs> Let me let you know, if you are a lapsed Crusader Kings 3 player, I know a lot of people were excited about Victoria 3 yeah, or whatever. Was, and I never touched um, it. Yeah. And good for you if you played that or whatever. But uh, the dumb the dumb one uh, keeps keeps changing and keeps getting more and more wild. They got new systems. that, And I'm not even talking about DLC here. They are basically making... The way they're doing the Crusader Kings 3 DLC is they are just rolling stuff out and in order to keep everything on a even keel, they are giving away a lot of free stuff. That's okay, there's yeah. still DLC stuff that you can get that, yeah, it'll be cute and nice. But pretty much you get a lot of free yeah. content just for having Crusader Kings They've 3. They've got to demo you. they got to convince you there's something new mm-hmm. to check out. You already own, you bought Crusader Kings 3. You like right. it. But if we want to make you buy the next thing, we got to tease you a little bit with it. And so, they, yeah, they, yeah. they, they give pieces of the dlc mechanics out to you for free right and so the i gotta tell you the thing the thing that they've added that i really enjoy that especially works with the way i play because i play a very top-down role play type thing where essentially i want everyone to be in my character's family Uh uh-huh and if you aren't, I kind of just get rid of you, and it'll be pretty sick. Like, I will be pretty nasty. I'll do whatever it takes to annihilate your bloodline so that mine is the only that really exists so that the role-playing can kind of spiral out in really fun ways. And, of course, I name all of the characters after my friends. What are you, an idiot? Yep. What is, you know, did Have you, you not you, listen do to? Do you even go here? Yeah. Did, did, you don't even go here. <laughs> 
but yeah so so um the thing that they've added that that is really fun is uh your characters can go on hunts together um and they will hunt for various uh uh, you know creatures or whatever they'll find uh various things there's there's like an equipment system although that has been around for a while but that equipment system has like kind of an extra layer to it which is like your character is gonna have to is gonna be expected to like go out and do hunting stuff. So yeah. if they're not good at it, then that's gonna be a little weird. And they also go out with a hunting party that will be like all of your all of your buds inside <laughs> your kingdom are all going to go on this thing, and it can be kind of dangerous. Robert Baratheon can get hit by a boar and killed. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Bad th- a hunt can go wrong. It's it's another avenue for storytelling and events to happen. Yeah. And also your character has to travel to the hunt. That's a very fun part of it for me, which means you sort of have to hire like a party of adventurers to go with you to traverse the specific terrain in order to reach the hunt. It's a great time. I mean, it's a bit. I love that the idea of Crusader Kings mechanics is like, uh, in the newest update, we've added tea parties. There's tea parties now in Crusader Kings 3, Uh, but you can have a poisoner a part of the tea party, but also Marianne can show up and she, like, I, I, they don't, the, the, the depth of what can be added to Crusader Kings 3 is hilarious. I think that, it the re okay so it is i think one of the most beautiful strategy games ever made and i will back this up by saying this a lot of the things that you as the player choose to do in crusader kings 3 serve no strategic purpose right <laughs> you you kind of cease to play a strategy game there's yeah. not really a very good reason to go on a hunt there's not really yeah. a very good reason to go to throw a festival. Mm-hmm. But you do because <laughs> it's fun to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like you just do because you're like, I just want to see what happens. Yeah, I don't yeah. care like about playing this game in this kind of rigid mm-hmm. strategic mindset. And instead it just invites you in to play for the fun of playing, yeah. which is very particular to this game. Not even the other, I mean, the other Paradox games don't even really play like this. Yeah. Um, or play with the ideas of just like, I don't know, go on a hunt, see what happens, right. you know? And I feel like the way Paradox is paying attention to what systems the players are so attached to and then adding ways to deepen the weirdness and the silliness and the random chance of just like, well, here's this thing that happened now. Yeah. I the One thing that has been happening to me a lot in my games that I really like is I tend to steal like things. Like I'll go to war <laughs> with someone and they'll have like their favorite sword or uh-huh. something. And then I will take it and I'll have it because I defeated them in battle or something. And I'll just have that. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so funny because they just then ask for it back over and over <laughs> and over. And every time I'm just like, no, it's mine. I took knowing, it. <laughs> knowing full. Yeah. It's I'm not even using it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's not even equipped to my character, uh-huh. but I just love that, that these characters in this world, they have these like little items that they care about. Yeah. And then they fight me in a war. I take their stuff and I just keep it. 
uh-huh. just out of pure selfishness, just to be like nanny, nanny, boo, boo. That's your toddler brain. Keepers. The second yeah. the other kid is like, oh, I might play with that. It's like, no, I wasn't playing nope. with it, but it is mine and you don't get to touch it. <laughs> it's in my corner and I keep it now. All right. You're some loser, you know, and eventually I'm going to take all your stuff anyway. So and you'll be dead or exiled or whatever. You'll be lucky if you make it out of this alive, basically. Um, and yeah, it's. If you haven't booted it up in a while, I encourage you to do it. Um, there's, yeah, there's fun new stuff. The hunting system is great. It also gives a little more meaning to, um, there, there's an aspect of the game that I always thought was a little weird, which is that they always tell, tell you exactly where in the world each character is. Like, they all have a location, mm-hmm. which is not, like, super relevant yeah. most of the time. Um, and then the hunt system, because you have to travel to the hunt Suddenly, it's like, oh, it makes sense because they, I mean, They're that's where my character there. is and they have to get there. You know, and this hunt is way far away, so it's actually going to be a huge pain in the ass. But of course, if it's a pain in the ass, then I definitely want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's my attitude with Cru- Crusader Kings 3 is like, oh, thank God there's yeah. a hunt and it is a huge pain in the butt. Wow. Let's do it. Let's, Man. Let's do it. That's a hilarious segue into a game I have not played yet. But I really, really want to, and I'm, I, I just, I'm sitting here, not having bought it on Steam yet. But I really want to get this. Hunter, have you heard of The Longing? No, uh, it, it's, I have no it's idea a weird this. indie game. Here's what I'm, I keep further realizing is I really just need to give in to my desire to check out weird, freaky little indie games that are made by like a person in a garage or whatever. Uh, it's where my heart really belongs. The Longing is a point-and-click adventure game where oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you start the game. And the game says, uh, you have to wait 400 days uh, for your king to return. And it's 400 real days. The clock starts. And in 400 days, the king will return and you can check it out. 400 human, your lived experience days, not some play clock thing you can mess with. Uh, And then the game is like, you can do whatever you want for the next 400 days. I don't really care. Uh, You can sit in this room. You could never turn this game on again and just open it back up in 400 days, set a timer or whatever. Uh, But the game just exists in the background and you do whatever you want in it. And I really want it. You're this freaky little guy. It's a beautiful uh, kind of darker machinarium looking art style. Uh, You're this thing called a shade and you can just wander around and it's like you can sit in this room. We've put uh, you can just read Moby Dick. We have the entirety of Moby Dick is available here uh, uh, and a bunch of other (laughs) books. It's like you can just read some books if you want uh, or you could uh, organize the king's sort of underground palace and like make it kind of nice for his return. Or you could go out into the caves and just sort of explore if you want. But a big part of the point in this to, to what you were just saying about Crusader Kings 3 is like everything in the game is like intentionally slow. Like the character walks almost almost annoyingly slow because it's like i don't know what to tell you man we told you 400 days like you this is just the thing you're supposed to hang out with and it's it people describe it as like it's one of the coolest experiments i've seen in recent memory like no one wants to call it a game necessarily it's got all these other things and that just interests the heck out of me i want i want to get it just so i can boot it up and like jump into it on my steam deck every once in a while it's like that perfect game for like oh yeah i bought that game i haven't played it in like a couple months i should check out what's going on in there and i feel like you would be rewarded for that of like oh i stepped away for a while but the game didn't it's an idle game in some respects and so yeah i don't know that 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 is a thing that interests me a great deal i mean i do feel like idle games have sort of gone from being um, these kind of crass uh, micro transaction uh-huh. type uh, genre of game that would just exist on your phone. I, I know there's a lot of people that love those types of idle games. No shade. Uh, you like what you like. 
totally cool with me. Actually, I love Cookie Clicker, by the way. Um, <laughs> Cookie Clicker is hilarious. Um, but it does feel like over the last couple of years, there have been a lot of game designers that, be, like, it seems like they're trying to make yeah. idle games, like, kind of bring them up a little bit. Obviously, right. Vampire Survivors even, even has a little bit of idle gameness right. in it in that you do not directly... You don't hardly do anything. The only thing you <laughs> tell your character to do is move. Right. That's it. Right. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, Loop Hero is another game that uh, I've been playing uh, not a whole lot this year. I had like a week with it where I was kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. And then I kind of slowed down. Um, Son Sanders was playing it um, in our hotel room at Gen Con. Yeah. Um, when we were, um, we were me and me and Son share. We're, we're bed buddies when we travel. <laughs> um, and uh, because you know we don't we don't we don't get like four beds. We get, get two beds, beds and yep. there's four boys yep. and we, you know, whatever. I'm an adult man and I share um, a bed with my friends like pretty frequently, actually. <laughs> um, and then and then when I'm at home, I sit in the dark by myself and play Alan Wake. <laughs> uh, but Loop Hero, very cool game. Also sort of like an idle game. You're basically watching an adventurer that is sort of doing like just a loop yeah. um, and uh, fighting monsters and stuff. Right. And for some reason, you're, it's almost like you're playing as the dungeon master yeah. and you can make things more challenging for the hero um, with a kind of risk reward sort of setup is like, yeah. if, if you make it, he only heals when he gets back to the, the beginning of the loop. It's literally like a little, it's like a monopoly board. Yeah, when yeah. he crosses <laughs> go, he gets $200. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the whole time you can make, you know, you can beef up the loop and right. give more monsters, which means more loot, more experience, more progression. But also, if you make it too hard, then you'll then your hero dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's not good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's also really cool game. Yeah, that makes me think of I was looking at there's there was a um, an itch.io bundle I was perusing the other day uh, and I might get it because this was uh, this is a tabletop RPG but it made me think of a video game that would also be fun to play and also I just want to check out this tabletop role playing game but the the notion was you are uh, like kind of a a servant to a hero and the idea is you've you've come into this dungeon after the hero has cleared it out and right. uh it's an inventory management game like you the, the point is it's a joke on how just stupid inventory management can be but it's like right. you're the pack of people that comes in it's like okay we killed the dragon there's a horde here let's we got to organize it and we got to get it out of here we got there's no right. monsters there's no combat we just got to get the junk out of the cave and let's figure out how to solve that puzzle and that would be such like a fun little i can imagine like a resident evil for like the puzzle organizer thing like an evolution of just that idea mm -hmm. of like i just want the stuff organizer game uh stuff like unpacking too that all of that stuff like intrigues me a lot yeah i think i think anytime you kind of do the rpg that is about the, the mechanics people. of RPGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to make some time to talk about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Let a me... game we played <laughs> but did not do an episode on. Huh? Yeah. Let let me get one. Actually, I, I'll have a, I'll have a thing after that that can be a little break from it uh, because I, I, I basically only have one more thing myself to even talk about that's, that has any meaning to it. Uh, but I think that Tears of the Kingdom could could suffice us for a while so yeah uh i'll get mine out of the way i played it for five minutes 
uh, that's it. I have not even finished anything that could be considered the tutorial. Uh, I, I wow. started it and then had to do all the other things for this show and have not picked it back up. And honestly, uh, especially just based off conversations with you, but also based off of like how the internet seems to feel about the game where it's like you just don't hear people talking about it anymore, I feel like. Uh, I just don't have an interest in picking it up. I don't know why. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe Hunter, you could talk about your thing. But that's that's where I'm at with Tears of the Kingdom is I don't think yeah. I even care. I don't want to build contraptions. That's not my thing. That's not my bag. And it feels like that's the main thing you're supposed to do in the game. And so, mm. Yeah. I think that ultimately it's so hard to know where to land with this. So Because I, I did not really enjoy my time with it. I really liked the beginning of the game. Mm. Um, although the tutorial is far too long. It's, it's the tutorial is super duper long. Mm -hmm. And then you get out into the world and it was thrilling to realize that I was back in the world of breath of the wild, but with this exciting construction mechanic of being able to build things, it just seemed like such a wonderful way to kind of problem solve. Mm -hmm. But the problem for me was that it kind of, to throw in something as radical as being able to build, you know, <laughs> machinery um, and then have that grafted essentially onto the last Zelda game, yeah, I think proved to be kind of a frustrating tension for me as a, as a player. Um, I think had Tears of the Kingdom been a game that was a radical departure for the series that was mostly going to be about building things and making stuff and the entire world with a new world that was built from the ground up with the whole time them thinking you can build some wild stuff yeah i think that would have been much more successful than tears of the kingdom which for me sort of took away the desire to explore which I believe was like kind of a foundational principle of Breath of the Wild and one of the reasons that it was so successful. Um, Tears of the Kingdom instead says, well, you can build a hover bike anytime <laughs> you want. Whenever, whenever you feel like it, you can build a tank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, honestly, I mean, the, the, anytime I see tank stuff on uh, Twitter or whatever, yeah. tank gifts. I'm always like, well, that's not, you don't actually use that to solve problems. What you'll right. do is just, you'll make a little, you'll, you'll take two fans and a yeah. freaking control stick and then just make your hover bike and get it. And now you kind of have turned on the cheat that lets you just fly wherever you want. And I hear people saying, well, just don't play it that way. Play it however you want. The problem is that if you give me a hammer, I will see nails yeah. and I can't help it. I, I, it, this is, this is a problem of like, fundamentally, I believe that if the game designer gives me a tool, I am allowed to use it Yeah, and I will use it to solve problems and I will use it to cut corners. Right. And once you start cutting corners in tears of the kingdom, you see corners to cut. And right. I, I, I keep, I kept finding reasons to not actually interact with the quote unquote desired way. Yeah or a puzzle to be solved or a dungeon to be interacted with because I had all of these weird tools at my disposal. And it felt like these were not tools that I had to fight hard to win access to. Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, by about the 10 to 15 hour mark, they started just giving me everything I needed. Yeah. 
and it started kind of spoiling the game and right. it made it there there was there was one dungeon in particular um that i was doing i'll say it was like the the goron or or fire temple dungeon mm-hmm. whatever and i was um it was a multi-leveled thing and i was trying to do everything the quote unquote right way and i messed up i made one mistake and i was enjoying the temple mm-hmm. but i just i i made a goof up and right away i was like i don't want to do this the right way anymore right. and then i just broke it for myself yeah. and that's that sucks i don't i do not want to be the arbiter of what is good play in a game yeah. um i think that you can give the player too much agency and they can spoil the experience right. uh, for themselves. I think one of the reasons that the From Software approach works so well for me is because it gives me a rigid rubric for what the designer expects me to do. Yeah. And then I can sort of, with with careful play and, and, and a deeper understanding and a lot of times seeking advice, find the little points of exploitation. Yeah. And those each point of exploitation feels heartfelt hard fought for and and won over and it doesn't i realize there are a lot of souls players that that think any sort of exploitation is cheesy um i fundamentally disagree i think the from software approach is um we're gonna be mean to you so that you learn to be mean back right basically they're cheating you you. we are cheating you all the time we are cheating you (laughs) you cheese us back yeah and to me that's fair but i feel like nintendo kind of they, they were like i we want this game to be fun we want it to be big we want it to be loud and it was it was just tough it was tough for me to sustain interest in it and so i put i mean i put probably it's also a very long game right and i i don't know that it earns its length in that way there's so much there and it's not it it did not really hold my attention i'll say one thing that you know a lot of people will probably disagree with this point um, they're, they're, if you don't know, the way Tears of the Kingdom works is you have sort of the old Breath of the Wild uh, overworld mm-hmm. um, with some changes. I'm not trying to say, I'm not saying they're being entirely lazy. Um, there is an upper world, like a sky world. Um, right. And and that's, you know, those, that's some of my favorite stuff in the game, actually, is the sky world. Um, and then there is an underneath, a sort of, a sort of black reach, an yeah. underdark right. um, world. I do not like the underworld. I feel like it is sort of woefully underdeveloped. Mm. Um, and and I'm not. This is not coming from a perspective of like. I mean, it's obviously a more difficult part of the game. Yeah. Um, but I just generally did not find it very inspiring. And a lot of people hyped that part up to me. A lot of people said, "Oh, the underworld. That's kind of what the game is uh, really about." Yeah. Um, and there's cooler monsters down there. I'll give them that. I found it to feel oddly kind of empty and and like not having a lot of mm. ideas down there besides things having to do with uh like light yeah. and just it being dark um and yeah so i bounced off of it um you should remember i'm not the biggest zelda guy in the world right i, I think uh zelda games have uh mostly been too conservative and that it, it's what has ultimately made the series like not something I've really attached myself to very fervently. Yeah. Um, this is an ironic complaint because I think really in some ways the problem with Tears of the Kingdom is it's too radical without being very considerate <laughs> yeah. to what being that radical actually means right. fundamentally. They, I, the game should have been built fresh from the ground up around uh, all of these construction mechanics. And instead it's like, here's a puzzle that you could 
solve the way we want you to, whatever that is. I, I sometimes I can't figure it out. Yeah. Um. Or you could just take all the trash in the room and uh, stick it to each other, and then build your own level on top of right. the level that we presented. And then, oh look, it, there you are. You're done. It's the kind of thing I'm going to be completely unfair to this game I haven't even played, so I'll couch it with that. But it's the kind of thing where what I envision the game what I want it to be before I sit down and play it is as you described, like I want a dungeon where the room you give me has like two items in it. And it's like, I have to MacGyver this thing. It's not, I don't have all this stuff and just make a thing that works and you'll get out of here. Fine. It's like, I want to figure out how to use a toothpick and you know, a piece of gum to like, get some sort of solution out of this. And right. yes, it can be any solution, but you will have to push yourself to some sort of limit to find your way out of that or whatever. And and it just, everything I see, every time I see clips of people running around, I'm surprised by, yeah, how much junk there is lying around. I, I always assumed it's like, I assumed the fan blades and stuff would be like in short supply. And it's like, yeah, of course we don't want you to just like hover everywhere. And then every clip I see anywhere is like yeah there's that stuff just lying around there's just trash all over hyrule kingdom and right that would not be what i was after in in a game like that Uh, and especially the length of it definitely if if i know a game is super long i'm already less likely to have any desire to get started going on it basically and and it would have to have really specific hooks to like draw me in um, you know, a game that, uh, is not that related, but in my mind, I mean, you kind of brought, you, you brought up from software. I, I really, 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 really want to play armored core six. Uh, mm-hmm. I, and I think this is a new mat that is, whose heart is opened up to armor core six, but here's, here's my take on, on my understanding of it and why I want to play it. And if you dear listener are playing armored core six, and you can either confirm or deny what I'm about to say about this game. Please come onto our Discord and talk to me about it. Because I really need to either be told no, and this is not a game <laughs> for me, or I need to be told, yes, go buy it right now. But this is my right. understanding of how at least the new Armored Core uh, works. And probably all the old ones too, but I'm, I'm just going to play the new one. Which is... Uh, you know, obviously fast action game. Uh, the, the big thing I see the memes about are like, there's no iframes from software fans get wrecked. There's no iframes in armored core. Mm-hmm. There's a different kind of difficulty, but the idea is you are a mech and we're going to give you a surplus of components. And the idea is like what we talked about in the hollow Knight episode where every boss is not get good, learn all the mechanics perfectly. It's, try this try that move this part out put this part in and find the build that like we were just saying about elden ring and FromSoft games your your goal is to cheese it your goal is to make a thing that is put together in such a way that easily defeats the boss it should not be difficult once you have the right build it should not be difficult to do the action game part and for me i don't feel good at 3d action games that is something i'm very much yearning for is a thing where i can creatively solve the problem where my thumbs don't have to do the busy work later. I can, my brain can do the busy work and then the rest of it becomes easy. Honestly, that is like kind of my experience with kingdom hearts right now. That game's just easy in general. Uh, but mm-hmm. like I tinkering with stats and stuff is something that 
I'm yearning for more of even from Kingdom Hearts. Like that's where I'm, I'm engaging with it in Kingdom Hearts meaningfully and it has not earned that place basically. And so, yeah, I really want to play Armored Core 6 like really, really bad. And I think I might get it. Uh, it and, and like Starfield is coming out next week and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> wow. <laughs> How far you've come. <laughs> I don't know why you... Okay, well, let's talk about Starfield for a little bit. Sure. We're going to talk about games that haven't come out yet. I feel like... I am I I'll say this. I think you should be interested in Starfield. Yeah, I'm going to argue so. that you should actually play this game. Right. Because and because it, it's it's weird because I'm the one saying this, I know. but <laughs> I feel like okay, so the story of Bethesda yeah. has been that they became they became rock stars by yep. making weird long kind of lumpy Mhm role-playing games that were gigantic yeah and we em emphasize how big they are right and uh they they sort of become they become a touchstone point for people um i think they they drew a lot of uh people that maybe wouldn't have stayed with games drew them into games yeah. skyrim becomes this huge cultural moment yeah um and they make fallout 4 and the whole time they've been accumulating this sort of negative talk yeah basically it's been happening forever right basically people have always kind of hated bethesda on some level yeah um but it really kind of it it starts building and building and then fallout 76 happens and all these haters that have been waiting in the wings yeah they see that there's blood in the water yeah. you know what i mean right. and everyone everyone draw everyone you know they all coagulate on youtube <laughs> and then the, the essays drop yeah. and there's just essay after essay just obliterating Bethesda's game design. Right. The hate is at a fever pitch for Bethesda. And this game to me is really about can they save any credibility yep. basically. Right. Can they somehow, you know, can they be victorious once again? Obviously whenever they Whenever they decide to cash in on the next Elder Scrolls game, it will sell very well. But sure. are they going to be able to do anything to quell this like kind of very large contingent of haters? Right. Um, and I do count myself as being one of those haters. I don't consider myself a loud hater. I think I've just all. It's just like it's like a a dish I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. just a something. It's for some people. It's not. Uh, for me am i gonna play starfield absolutely yeah. and i think it's because i'm so fascinated by this story by by yeah. like i want to find out with fresh eyes not coming in with a presupposed opinion um obviously todd in promoting the game he has not changed in any way yeah. i mean he it's, still it's really bad signs is the problem it's it's about all of the worst signs you've ever had for a bethesda game is is kind of my true. opinion as a person who's been on the hype wagon before i'm sitting here me and my very good friend son sanders traditionally insane bethesda hype children we will right. ride that into the sun and both of us are like this looks pretty bad. <laughs> this looks like not fun at all. This doesn't look like any sort of game I have any interest in playing. And if anything, I'm seeing it and seeing how boring it looks uh, makes me more interested in the thing Sun Sanders has been doing recently. 
I'm about ready to pick up Cyberpunk 2077 now that they've cleaned it up a lot. And I think Whoa. that looks kind of interesting. And I might that might be my chill, you know, fundamentally flawed, broken, way too open, way too big RPG game. I kind of just want to play Cyberpunk more than I want to play Starfield. That's where my head is currently at. Or you um, could just play Baldur's Gate I know, 3. Exactly. Or I just do that. Like <laughs> the probably good, the, good the Western RPG of the year. You yeah, know, like it, absolutely. I is. think I think Starfield is gonna have a rough time, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm trying to come in completely even keeled mm, sure, on it. Of course. Um I'm not I will say this, I'm not playing it because I'm hyped. I'm playing it <laughs> yeah. because I just want to know. Yeah. Because I know what's gonna happen mm -hmm. is when it comes out, there is there's I, I see two two possible outcomes, like largely speaking, and I'm I'll be vague here. Um one, it comes out, uh it's broken, mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. it's it's it kind of limps out of the gate people hate it lots of youtube is on fire yeah the views are just rolling in for yeah. all these goobers out there saying why just explaining why it's bad which it will be obvious yeah. in the scenario everyone will way. know that's yeah. the thing about the the, the bethesda thing is yeah. it's like it's blood in the water but we know right dude. Yeah. like no one really needs to be told, and I don't really like it when people just kind of put a lot of stock in that. Right. It's like, it is okay to like stuff that is stupid and has obvious flaws, right. okay? Right. I just watched last night the, with a group of adults that are <laughs> my friends. I watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 Heck yeah. is it a good movie no it is a stupid movie absolutely uh, a lot of things suck about it but it is a piece of my heart yep. it is a piece of my mind pork rind i'm just there <laughs> all the time i'm living in that movie yeah and so and that's okay a part of what i'm saying is a part of me is stupid yeah that is a that is a direct part of my soul and my heart and i will never deny that and so therefore i'm gonna give starfield a chance yeah. because i liked fallout 3 when it came out yes i liked fallout 4 when it came out i did too i tried to i i tried to like skyrim yeah i like i, I tried, tried to like fallout 76 hard. i'm still interested in fallout 76 yeah, i'm one like, of those freaks <laughs> they, they have a they have a flawed stupid approach but i like stupid stuff damn yeah, it right so i am gonna try yeah. starfield and maybe it will become a stupid part of me i don't think it's smart no i don't i'm not like coming in thinking it's gonna be like it like suddenly bethesda is gonna care no. about the moment to moment they don't care about the moment to moment and they right. never will they right. are zoomed out they are top down yeah that's their whole thing you can't get them on that anymore right it's like I, I am getting tired of the criticism of Bethesda that even I have, that I uh -huh, say, uh -huh. I'm ready for something new. Let's play Starfield and find something good about it, right. damn it. The writing is bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's boring. It Dude, Look you at the art. Guy. Dude, Todd is out here saying 10,000 lines of dialogue, <laughs> as if you're supposed to be like, 10,000 lines of dialogue? They could have hired that sounds a amazing. <laughs> they could have hired a good writer and said, we got good writer. That's what Elden Ring did, right? Elden Ring yeah. was like, we got George yeah, R. R. Martin like, behind this thing. Hey, so we got good writer. Yeah. Um, it, but instead, <laughs> Todd is just That was equally meaningless. Like, that was equally meaningless. Yes. But at least it yeah, was it like, was. good writer. And their, their take is like, yeah, but more words, huh? What about more? more? But the word count, bro. <laughs> but the word count, is, it's like they're, it's like a book report. Yeah. It's like they're in elementary 
elementary school and it's a book report and they're like listen but you know how many pages we got of this stuff man <laughs> got a lot of it we hired an extra voice actor this oh, time there's no. seven now there's seven now um, we did it uh, well there's six now because one of them died <laughs> from boredom from we just kill- straight we up we killed christopher Plummer, and we're sorry <laughs> we're sorry next time sorry. we'll do better we made it he had to read for 500 days straight in the dark. He just had to read into a microphone. And we did not organize the dialogue. It was alphabetical order again, because that's how we do it. I need you to take this crystal to the Blood Omen Brigade. <laughs> All right, Christopher, we got to go. Thank you. Thank you, celebrity, for being a part of the game. I'm sorry that it wasn't fun. And I hope that doesn't give you a bad view of video games. <laughs> Think of how many how many celebrities out there that probably would have thought games are cool, but don't because yep. Bethesda ruined it for right. them. There's no way Patrick Stewart thinks games are cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They they right. gave. They, I'm sure they ruined that yeah. whole thing for him. Right. You know, Max Van Sydow did not need convincing. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I think that it is going to be an exciting experiment. Um, I think Bethesda is the only company, for better or worse, that would ever make a game like Starfield. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, I want to know, yeah. is, it, is, there, is there some goodness to be yeah. uh, extracted? I bet I'm, I need to play it, and I bet you there is at least one system in it. And here's the thing. This is actually the pitch of Bethesda, and nobody talks about it enough. People say, you can do anything you want in it. And what Bethesda actually means by that is, we made way too many systems. One of them will get you. One of yeah. these systems can get sure. you if you give it the time of day. The rest right. you will hate. There's so many yeah. things about Skyrim that I hate, but there's one system that works for me. Okay. Right. Fallout is the same story. There's always one thing that will get me. Uh, so yeah. th- that'll be the thing is discovering what which of the too many systems in Starfield is like, yeah, but that's pretty it's pretty fun <laughs> to do that right. little bit right there. Uh, it won't be the quests. It won't be the quest design. Like that that's never no. the case. But like it might be like what you do with your ship if they can make the crew stuff cool in starfield i'll probably be on board now that's the big question mark i'm not assuming they'll get that right but if the crew stuff is good i'm in i'm probably very yeah 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 you're right that 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 could be a fun aspect of the game i will say this you were you were talking smack a little bit on the quest design but i don't you have never played far harbor have you no fallout 4 far harbor right i gotta tell you i think that's I, I I'm I'll throw down I'll throw down I've I'm not I haven't played Morrowind okay yeah. but I think Far Harbor is the best like slice of game that Bethesda has yeah. ever well, made and I, mean, I really didn't like Fallout Four by the right. time I was done with it but yeah. Far Harbor was it it was the story hooks were were very solidly placed yeah the way the quest design like spiraled out was yep. very interesting the way the NPCs were written was very interesting. I, I feel like if that was their baseline for what is a good like quest area, yep. the games would just be way more interesting. Yeah. But that would require them to be smaller. And guess what? That's not, they well, don't want that. What you just described, I mean, and I know you know this, but that is Fallout New Vegas. That's I what know. Fallout New Vegas is, yeah, we did all the Bethesda hooks, but then we made the quest design good. We did good writing instead, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the entirety of that game and why it is uh, many people's, including the person talking right now, one of their favorite games of all time. Uh, a beloved someone treasure. someone please remaster it? Like, oh my just God, rem- right? I just need to, I right. need it to 
I need it to be that somebody's gone over it again and yeah. been like, all right, this will run yeah. on your thing. You know what? Because honestly, yeah, it, it it it's less that and more like there needs to be the stamp of approval mod that the entire community is like, this will work on anything. Like the, the modding community, and then maybe this has already happened. I don't know. I know that happened with Morrowind. Like Morrowind, there was like the definitive Morrowind mm -hmm. rebirth. Like it had a it had a thing. It was basically the modders made Morrowind remastered kind of thing. Right. And it was just like, this is the one to get. And that's what Fallout New Vegas is. It's like, we worked out, and we rebuilt the game and it works. The whole thing is good and, and doesn't fall apart on you. Yeah, I mean, I think that does exist as far as like, I mean, there are mods you can definitely install that will get the game to run smoother. Yeah. Um, I've never succeeded in those. But what I'm talking about is my, my new paradigm with, my new smell test for the PC experience because of the Steam Deck yeah. is I need it now to sort of run very straight up yep. so that I can be playing it in my office and then I can take my Steam Deck out into the living room yep. and I can chill out yeah. on my on my, my nice comfy chair and play more and pick up right where I, I left mean, off. That is now an, a required yeah. experience for me as a gamer. Honestly, this is true of all of Bethesda's games. It's actually amazing how horrible it is to boot up pretty much any old Bethesda game. They, it's they, very sad. They're actually, very sad. even though they release Skyrim like a million times, they're really bad about like keeping their stuff running on, on modern hardware, basically. Oblivion is quite hard to get smooth <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah. Morrowind yeah, is okay, because Morrowind's so old that it's like, I, you know what, there's not that many, it, 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 you know. <laughs> if you've got four gigs of ram you're fine basically or whatever um but yeah the, the rest of the stuff is is really messy have we ever talked about how proto old gamers almanac was about oblivion yeah it was basically? well the, the the pitch of the first idea of a video game show for you and i was you were going to play oblivion until you loved it and i was going to play final fantasy 7 until i loved it <laughs> and that right. was like the we were going to spend like a year just like non just making sure it happened and we would have big conversations about that and then we would like do that with the next set again we would pick two more games of like this is hunters and this is mats and play each right. other's game or whatever yeah so i i put 25 hours into oblivion did not get to do uh the dlc um because what what happened to me was well i got audio audio glitches out the wazoo mm. i couldn't get the audio correct the audio kept messing up yeah um and that that was a big shame and then my save file corrupted or something that happens to it. you to such a higher it's degree so insane, than dude. anybody I mean, i've ever seen i do not so get crazy. it i watched i mean you were streaming and your fallout new vegas save file corrupted itself and i couldn't believe yeah. what i was seeing something that had yeah. never happened to me in my life mm -hmm. well no no I, one time on yes. the Xbox 360 within six months of Fallout New Vegas' release when everybody knows it's a completely destroyed mess, right? There's no right. updates that have come out for it yet or whatever. I am just very, very unlucky yep. um, with Bethesda's games. And it's why oftentimes my policy will be to lean towards, and I know this is like very contrary to the, to the culture, is I actually lean towards the console ports yeah. because in my experience... They are actually more stable, yeah. even if overall it's a worse experience. Obviously, the yeah. PC is the best experience, but I find that, and I, I've had so many people walk me through it. They'll be like, "You're just not. There's something going on with the mods," and it's like, <laughs> "Dude, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I, I have, I, I can handle yeah. installing some mods. Right. It's not 
it's Especially not these that days nexus simple. mod manager is like the easiest thing in the world it's to use so let's easy. not pretend someone's I, like not figured that out <laughs> i promise you that's not it but <laughs> i think and i think there's a lot of other people like me out there um and that that is also kind of a part of the the haterism of yeah. bethesda games where it's just like it's just been a die roll yeah. for you right it's just been the the systems that you've tried to play it on were real bad and that kind of just kept happening yep. and you just happen to every time you just uh oh that it's this is actually gonna gonna mess up because yeah. of x thing that you don't know about you know um so yeah that's been tough um and it'll be it'll be exciting though to see you yeah. know what what starfield is going to pan out to be right. i think the story is fascinating um and and i yeah, wonder we'll see. also this is microsoft's purchase like they yeah, bought yeah. this thing well and i, and I wonder how we'll quickly how it it's gonna be working on steam deck that'll be a big question i mean a lot of these games have been they've worked it out very very quickly but like i kind of have my questions if starfield will manage that uh like kind of at all uh i'd be surprised if it was a high priority to be honest right like and it sh like and, it kind of should be but i don't think it will be <laughs> basically yeah. yeah it's weird how much like how it feels like everybody kind of in the middle has been very like we want to make sure that it's running good yep. on the steam deck right you know it's like there i was surprised that like resident evil 4 remake ran so well on the steam yeah. deck uh dead space remake also ran really well on the steam deck there's a lot of stuff i've played where i was like this is really cool that they got this running but i haven't played anything yet that's at the top the highest levels yeah. you know i didn't play the last of us remake on the steam deck i have no idea what that experience right. is right um and yeah starfield this is i mean it doesn't get bigger than bethesda yeah. so we will see if yeah. uh if they actually prioritize that um uh, you yeah just, you just brought up dead space remake that was a game that was almost a part of this last season but was yeah. uh, set aside for other horror remakes but uh yeah. how did dead space remake go um, so I played through uh, about a third to a half of the game. Um, I played through a little bit of it before Resident Evil 4 came out, and then Resident Evil 4 came out, and I was like, oh, I'm all about this. And then I kind of picked it up a little bit again on the back half, and then I think I dropped it during the summer uh, just because the summer got so crazy. Um, I think it's very smart and very competently made, mm -hmm. and I think the sound design is incredible. That's a game to play before bed because yeah. you literally... <laughs> It's. I think it's There's a something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing any of these before bed, Hunter. Stop yeah. it. Quit recommending that to me. I'm not gonna yeah. do it. <laughs> Just gotta get a little freaked out, you know, before bed. It's good to do. Um, I, I find I actually don't have bad dreams if I get freaked out before bed. It's like I'm getting it out, yeah, you know, so I don't really have funny. the nightmares. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, uh, Dead Space remake. Uh, very smart, very good. I don't know if I will be able to circle back around to it before the end of the year. Because now my backlog for this year has gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, we got mm -hmm. Armored Core Six, we got Final Fantasy Sixteen, uh, we got what 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 else has come out? Baldur's Gate Three. Yep. Like those th those three games right there are huge chunkers. Yep. That are going to take me a long time to get through, and I've only made barely any progress in FF Sixteen. Yeah. That's why we did not do an episode about it because right. I could not get that one done. I was having to play too many big chunky experiences back to back. Yep um and yeah so that's just kind of where where we are at there um but dead space remake i just want to say that you know it sucks that i think it's just gonna get forgotten a little bit right um right. because this is a really big year uh but i absolutely think that game is worth playing and that was one that i was having a very good time 
playing in the office mm-hmm. and then in bed on my Steam Deck, just holding the, I'd hold the screen right up to my face. <laughs> and so it could just maximum terrify me. Um, and yeah, I did, I did have to install like a lot of like rubber, like ridges on my um, Steam Deck because I keep throwing it across the room because I just get <laughs> so, so scared, scared right? at night. Yeah. I'm just in the dark by myself every night with the Steam Deck right. I mean, I tape it to my face, basically. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. like VR with me. <laughs> um and then yeah i just wait for something scary to happen and then i scream my roommates hate me um and so there you go man i'm i'm browsing steam right now because you were just like listing off all the things that came out this year and there's there's too much stuff that i want to play i like i didn't even write this down earlier the we love katamari re-roll like the remaster of we love katamari came out Mm -hmm. just recently in june and it's like oh i want to play that i i want to play just absolutely way too many things you know uh, a funny rabbit hole i went down recently is so someone in one of our point and click adventure game episodes i think it was the first monkey island episode uh, i was talking about weird flash games i used to play and someone mentioned hapland uh which is a game i played a lot as a uh, as a younger person uh and hapland is by robin allen uh he has a website called foon.uk uh and this is like the heyday of just like weird little flash games that everybody was making it's like what itch.io mm-hmm. is now basically like if you want to relive the experience of old just like super duper indie game developers making dumb flash experiments that's what itch.io is now and i need to just like dip into that but uh he released hapland one through three on steam like re- remade them as not flash games uh but right. in exploring that too i also saw that he made a game uh called black shift which in the build-up to this season that we have abandoned, I wanted to do the the Microsoft Entertainment Pack. Do you remember that? Like Rogue's yeah. Revenge and stuff like that. Uh-huh. There's a game in that called Chips Challenge, a very famous old freeware uh, puzzle game. He made a spiritual successor to Chips Challenge. That's what that's what Black Shift is. Is he's like I just wanted Beautiful. to make I just wanted to make Chips Challenge again. Uh, and so it's like that's something I I just really really want. Uh, and add to that, there's a new Homestar Runner point click adventure game called dangeresque dangeresque is like a character in the universe it's strong bad as his hard-boiled detective character persona mm-hmm. uh and D- dangeresque was a flash point and click on their website and they've expanded it into like basically two more episodes essentially and i just really really want to play that there's just so many point and click adventure games i want to play add the longing in there i guess earlier that i brought up i i want to play monkey island 2 and return to monkey island i want to play the sea of thieves monkey island game son and ej and i keep saying we're going to sit down and just spend a whole like weekend doing all of the monkey island uh i think it's free i hope you don't have to pay for that uh i know the pirates of the caribbean stuff was free so this one this one damn well better be but that's the kind of stuff that's on my radar at this point is like all these weird little point and clicks and weird little uh metroidvanias i mentioned fist forged and shadow torch on our hollow knight episode that's from 2021 and i just really want to play that game i don't know i'm i the reason like i i don't know what this show who the intended audience is but like someone recently on our discord was like y'all should do an episode about Baldur's gate three yeah and i'm like absolutely sure except for i don't know like the style of the show usually is we want to play most of it and i don't i never i don't know when i'm getting around to Baldur's gate three i mean i guess i just should do it but like i don't know my head is always in such a different space of like the games i really am itching to play i am so 
uh, far off the triple A new release beaten path. I guess except for Armored Core Six in a rare spark of uh, random uh, chasing my bliss. Yeah, that is that is funny because it is a really it's a great year. Yeah, it's a great. year I'm for missing games. out on a fantastic year, and instead I'm like, what about that Ghost Trick Phantom Detective remaster? Can we play that? Really, I really and and maybe not even the remaster. Maybe I'd just like to boot that up on my DS. Can I please just do that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's funny that <laughs> that that is like how that is the direction that you're going to be living through it objectively like one of the best i mean this would be in this would be in the in the top tier of years of games i i've lived through right um i mean stuff that hasn't even come out yet that i am gonna play at on some level um spider-man 2 baby i am i am a big spider-man on playstation fan Mm -hmm. um i think that you know it's the new art the arkham series of batman games were so much fun because i feel like they made a case for comic book adaptations being more appropriate for video game style storytelling mm-hmm. um, than even for film, yeah, basically. Right. Um, and I feel like the the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man game and then the Miles Morales sort of half sequel, um, both I feel like do a good job of reminding me of the vibe of, of watching Spider-Man as a weekly animated cartoon type yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, the tone I think is kind of perfect for spider-man of of everything being like you know family friendly but like very kind of centered on like personal relationships between spider-man and the other characters whereas like a marvel movie has to be you know a two-hour experience where it has to culminate in kind of the same beats over and over yeah um and i just think that the combat in the spider-man games is is fun that's my that's my kind of fun stupid relaxed game for the year I will absolutely be uh, Spider-Man 2. Other things I'm looking forward to, uh, I, we already said Alan Wake 2. Yeah. I'm going to be playing that. Uh, Super Mario Wonder will be... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I forgot that's be that exists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's no joke, like, probably, like, 10 different games that Just are the next very big experiences that I kind of want to play. Uh, we have not talked about Pikmin 4 at all. Uh, objectively, that game to me looks like a masterpiece yeah um and i am not y'all remember how i felt about pikmin oh my god um i felt weird about it i didn't i i found it frustrating we have to finish this season like asap there's just too much going <laughs> we have to finish yeah. this season and we have to get into the next stuff so badly well I'm I, realizing. And, and, and i think matt really at the end of the day like you you have to be judicious about what it is that you put you know your time into yeah. you don't have that much time for games it's hard so i think like and i feel like you kind of spiral into you know feeling this tension of like the little like indie stuff you want to play and then the big triple a stuff you just gotta follow your bliss man know, exactly. like who cares I gotta who cares something. if you're clicked into this uh, well year i do or that not. right i do the netflix surf thing I could watch this, or I could watch this, or I could watch this, or that, and then I spent 30 minutes not watching a single thing because I was looking right. at previews of things I could have done, and I do that with games all the time. I just look through stuff I could play, and then, I, because I'm, I'm like, stupidly frugal, and by that I mean, like, not in an actually helpful way, but just like, well, I shouldn't actually buy this, and so then I just never do anything, even when it's like, well, I could buy the game that I just talked about that's actually only ten dollars, and just that would be right. so easy to grab that and knock it out or whatever. Yeah, man. Um. Oh, you mentioned Spider-Man Two. 
which yeah. is a PS5 exclusive. And you had a little note oh, yeah. kind of in your outline of things you wanted to talk about. So just, yeah. just, just to say it, just to get it out there. Uh, one of the rare exclusives, it seems like worth uh, diving into these days. What's going on with the console market these days? Well, I just feel so because of this show, and I I do mean because of the show, like the I I am back to being someone that owns all the consoles, mm-hmm. and I just want to say I don't really recommend it. I don't really think that. <laughs> It makes that much sense to own every console these days. Yeah. Um, I think that it, I think that it would, the problem is that the Steam Deck came out and it is great. And it is kind of the idea of being able to buy games for Steam and then get this extra functionality out of it. It kind of just blows every other option out of the water. Right. And the problem that I've noticed with specifically the PlayStation 5 is that a lot of the promises that Mark Cerny made to me in that <laughs> in that very like nerd only press conference. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember this, yeah, but yeah. they trotted Mark came out, who of course, wonderful guy, I think is a, you know, a legendary legendary figure in the games industry, and he explained why the PS5, why the guts were different. Uh-huh. You were going to see different kinds of games because we made some weird guts in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, I'll bite." that you might be able to provide me different experiences by using, you know, the engineering of the device itself will allow for different experiences. And then I got the PlayStation 5. Um, I bought Elden Ring for it and then regretted that. Was like, mm, probably should have bought that on my PC because yeah. then I could play it also on my Steam Deck. Right. Mm, kind of annoying. Um, played Astrobot and was like, oh, that's, this is cool. This controller, very cool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm playing Kingdom Hearts on it. So you, you and your friends played the Quarry on it, which you could have done quarry. on PS4. Mm-hmm. I think that overall, and then and then the Xbox, kind of the same situation, right? Yeah, like right. it's it's uh, it's a nice Game Pass device where I can play a bunch of games that I own on Steam. Actually, already I can pay 15 <laughs> bucks to play a bunch of games that I kind of already own. And then if there's one I like, they take it off. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and I'll tell you this, I mean, Sean, it's been great for Sean and I love providing Sean with, uh, some <laughs> Gaming activity. Outlet. You know what I mean? Sean, Sean needs stuff. And, and I, I in lieu like of being Sean, able to take Sean on walks. You've got good yeah. games there about available for them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't walk Sean. So, cause I'm so busy these days. So, so, you know, you just, you just give Sean a little bit of game pass um, and then we have fun with that. Uh, I just feel like overall, I'm, and the other thing too is Sony has given in, and this is great, by the way. I don't want to spin this like this is actually bad because that would be like a weird console elitist thing. I love that Sony has decided, like, hey, we're going to release some of our yeah. stuff on PC eventually. Right. Like right. maybe you have to wait an extra year for it, but you do eventually get it on PC. Um, but guess what that kind of communicates to me? You're not going to build a game. From a from the ground up yep. that can only run on PS5 because of these particular yeah. structural things, right. uh, and that will never be able to run on PC. So now, what is the point? Dang it! Yep. Like, are we just having to buy these consoles because of the very and they're not that many, but the very few just kind of locked behind arbitrary gates yeah. games? Are is everything Nintendo now, where right. basically you're just buying it for some exclusive? software 
and that's it is this the free market is that what it is is just arbitrarily gated bullshit yep that's exactly hey you just nailed it actually unfortunately that is what uh, how it all works is we just sort of say i have to have this toy in this corner uh where i keep my things and you don't get to touch if you're yeah. in the other corner it's not competition y'all this is yeah. just like this this is not this is not very real to me. Yep. Um, and I think it's crazy that basically so much money is being spent in order to just ensure that the way video games work just arbitrarily stays the same. Yep. But I find that there's no real economic or benefit to, there's no benefit to the consumer, yep. I feel like, the, the way this works, especially considering that I think that Valve was able to and I don't, I don't, again, I'm not, I am a fanboy for no one, okay? If anything, I'm a Sony crony, but that's mostly because I just grew up that way, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, so that's my, that's my bias deep down. But I think Valve just kind of co-opted the whole thing yeah. and said, hey, you know those games you already own? Uh, well, now you got them on a Switch that yeah. uh, it's a powerful Switch and right. it can do that. And I'm just like, well, no, well, I guess you win, huh? Yeah. That's, that's the best investment that you can make at this point right. is... Get yourself a gaming PC, get yourself a Steam Deck, um, pirate Nintendo games, and move on with your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. The, the, the <laughs> Literally Nintendo that. piracy will always be the highest priority. Thank you so much, <laughs> internet, for constantly. And the other thing, too, is they keep... It's Nintendo's fault because they don't even... They don't keep up with the times yeah. as far as, you know, the, the power investment. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course, it's all just a freaking GameCube, basically. Yep. So we yeah we can we can make the GameCube over and over, and yeah I don't know I'm just feeling a little down in in the dumps yeah. as far as consoles go because I just feel like I have all these different devices, and I don't need them I yeah. just I just don't need these different devices for right. all these things I I could I would be happy with just the PC and the Steam Deck and I feel like it's important to note that that the only reason I have all these devices is because. Uh, of us doing the show i thought it was responsible of accessibility me to, to all yeah. of the things we might want to talk about and right. yeah it really feels like we could actually do away with that and just play things we want that we have access to and we would be none yeah. the worse for it essentially yeah yeah so yeah um yeah just don't recommend getting all the consoles for a while yeah. i don't know i maybe maybe sony will churn out some some more exclusives where I'll be like, yeah, I guess I got. Just, but I just resent just all I do is resent that. I just resent the sure, exclusives sure. at this point. Like, at the, like now I don't want a PS5 because it's like, no, you only put that on that platform, so I don't want to. Like, if anything, the argument should be, will never be, but should be, this is the best place to play. That's what Switch had going for a while, right? Like for a yeah. while there, even without good performance, the Switch was the best place to play X for so many right. different things. And now it's just the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck is the best place to play things. Uh, yeah. and, and the others are like, well, but we put Demon's Souls on this one. It's like, okay, I don't, then I won't play Demon's Souls because you, put it, won't play Demon's you put it Souls. over there on the thing I don't want to play it on. Oh my God! Release Bloodborne on PC. You you total loons. <laughs> Just put Bloodborne on PC. Why are you Why are you so stupid, man? Just I mean, put it, Bloodborne on PC. You dingus hey listen ps3 will eventually be uh smoothly emulatable and you'll just do it on there you'll just yeah you'll just yeah. play it on there <laughs> well it was a ps4 game oh, but whatever right. i mean PS4. i Demon's guess someday Souls, we'll though. even get to that yeah regardless we'll get there well i 
feel like that can wrap it up for for this week's kind of uh conversation in lieu of kingdom hearts uh i had fun with this so obviously we can't i can't we can't do this next week we just did all of it i brought up every single game i could possibly talk about uh so next week we have to talk about some game i have played to completion or whatever well it'll be kingdom hearts we'll we'll have kingdom hearts 2 done um, and then after that, we got Super Mario World coming in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. We got Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. coming in the pipeline. And then I think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about StarCraft. Yeah. My vision is oh. perhaps for multiple episodes talking about the different aspects, aspects of StarCraft. That's StarCraft cool. is not a game. It is an engine. Yeah. And what can we do with all of the StarCraft? Right. And what all do we want to remember? I had a very uh, fun conversation with our mutual uh friend and i would say cohort uh cole Worley, yeah about uh the very particular lord of the rings custom maps <laughs> that i used to play and he knew what i was talking about so do we finally have a, a permission to bring cole cole has in the past said yeah i was a bit more of a starcraft 2 person but i would love to just bring cole on to talk starcraft oh, one yeah so that's the thing is i've kind of i've preloaded yeah. I've, I've checked to see if cole was was a, gonna do that. that freaky with the original starcraft and he was okay, i can cool. confirm he is in fact a starcraft <laughs> freak um so stay tuned for that um star i i starcraft will have its own little mini arc yeah um i also plan to play a lot of uh multiplayer starcraft with uh the community yeah um and maybe even do like a little tournament if we can if we don't have that many people that are interested in doing it yeah um so let me know if you're interested in playing in a little starcraft tournament you can't be good at starcraft if you are you you can't (laughs) play you only get to be coach you you sit on the sidelines you you can can coach coach. (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can coach but you can't play i hope it's clear to everyone that uh, I, I we haven't like started whatever we've teased as the new season but like the point of oga is we're taking a little bit more time of late uh, and, and i hope this stuff works for you this this sort of taking a bit more time with each thing uh i we we had too many episodes where it was our opinion of the game and our takes on the game were hindered by rushing to finish the game and i'm speaking especially for myself uh and so it it is it is a goal to uh, finish the game in the comfortable manner that it is meant to be played in and right. then do the episode on it and do other episodes in the meantime. So I think you can expect more. I'm not going to call them filler episodes because to me, it's just other stuff we would genuinely like to talk about. Uh, so, you know, expect maybe more of that as we're trying to get through the, the the last few games of this season and then into the next great beyond that we have planned for you. Yeah. Uh, the next generation of old gamers almanac <laughs> um but definitely expect us to touch back on uh this year yeah for sure um i i know especially around christmas time uh i'm gonna be churning through uh that's gonna be december is gonna be a big game month for me yeah um because i basically i want to i mean those things i listed i want to play all of those games yeah um and that happened uh to be a lot um <laughs> And uh, also, I, 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 I don't know for sure yet. This is kind of a weird thing to include in the show. Um, it's, my mom's not listening, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't told her this yet. Um, I think I'm going to have my first New York Christmas. I think I'm staying in New York uh, for Christmas just to see oh, what that's about. But I was going to yeah. plan a whole chaos theory weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's so. That might still happen though. I might come down for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I gotta. That's my. Thing, I gotta get I four Xboxes. Stadium. I have to get four original Xboxes together. I have four oh, copies yes. of Chaos Theory, but I gotta get four original Xboxes 
and we're I'm making chaos theory happen just as a as an event. That's a thing that must happen within the next year at least. Yeah, well, we love chaos theory around here, um, and I really, uh, I really want there to be a solid spiritual successor. Is that and one game that... trying? And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, listen, we'll it's see. like it's like pre-alpha over Inspector's Corner. That's a game I, I mm-hmm. had on my list and didn't really talk about. Uh, we we almost streamed it, and then I played it for about ten minutes and was like, oh, they this isn't clean yet. They, they need a bit more time. Uh, yeah. But you know what? They worked on Baldur's Gate three for three years in early access, and now look where they ended up. Okay, so things yeah. can turn out just fine. Uh, just yeah. just. Let them have, let them have their time. Okay, everybody. All right, I'm gonna go buy Armored Core Six now. Uh, also, I, I literally just got an email that says the part for my air conditioner is here. I don't have to record in the sweltering wow. heat anymore, so I'm gonna go save my family's life and get out of wow. the hundred degree weather. I love you You're all. You're a hero. <laughs> You're a hero, Matt. You're my hero. Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. Oh,